give him the honor and the praise that he deserves this morning. Just a few announcements. We have, first of all, where's the baby? Let's introduce him. Okay. Tobias James Crew, born Monday or Sunday? Sunday. It was Sunday evening. And uh, we are so, and of course, thank God for Facebook to keep up to date and all this stuff. Most of us are. Hold him up so everybody can see. Just proudly stand in the aisle, whatever you got to do. There he is. <laughs> Congratulations. First time grandparents. Kim is here, Foreman, and uh, so glad to have her in the service. And I know she's a proud grandmother, and I'm in class uh, online with Darren, and he's a proud grandfather. And uh, we're, we're proud uh, participants and uh, a family. Amen. A few announcements to remind you of as we begin this morning. Tonight at 6 p.m. will be our prayer around the world service, and we want, to be a, want you to come and be a part of that. Um, it'll, be a time, it'll be a sacred time, a time when we together as Bible Methodists pray all over the world, obviously, and so come at 6 p.m. and join together with that. So good to have our conference president with us today, and he's had scheduled up to be here on this day, and so thankful that they're with us this morning. And so uh, he'll be also with us this evening, and we're looking forward to that. There is a meal train, and it's posted on Facebook for the Stroops. So I don't know how much has been filled up or what's going on with that, but uh, uh, do your best to uh, sign up for that, and let's be there to support them during this time of new parenthood, and, and uh, that, I know that'll be a blessing to them. Two weeks from today, uh, February 9th and 11th, will be our Discipleship in the Home Weekend with Dr. Matt Friedemann, and uh, the Glick family will be uh, ministering to us in music. Looking forward to this weekend, and I, again, I just strongly uh, suggest that all of us come and participate in this uh, weekend, especially our, our families with children. Uh, Dr. Friedemann has been speaking on this subject that... Uh, uh, at uh, Wesley Biblical Seminary, teaching that, teaches at God's Bible School online, the master's program, and uh, a, a godly man, good man that loves God and loves the family. You'll not want to miss those um, sessions. I believe uh, we have kind of changed the, uh, how the sessions will go, and I hope I get this right. We'll start Friday night at 7 p.m., and then we will have a 10 o'clock session on Saturday morning, um, 10 o'clock, I believe, is the right time. And then after that will be a lunch together, okay? And then there will not be an evening uh, session on Saturday night. We'll come back on Sunday morning and have two sessions and closing out on Sunday evening. So that will be February 9th to 11th. The lift the meeting will be February the 15th, and you, you ladies will be meeting at Jen True's house. And uh, so Alicia will be sharing a devotional during that time. Looking, uh, you ladies, I'm sure should be looking forward to that. Put that on your on your calendars, and then Giving Sunday, February the 18th, a special service of celebration. Amen. I've already announced that. You can prepare, pray, ask God what He'd have you do. We're trying to raise $35,000, which would include our new air conditioning systems um, that will be installed uh, here in a, a very short period of time. The, the ceiling will start in, be in the process of being done here this week, and so um, because of the damage from the air conditioners uh, that caused that. And then, of course, we're going to look to remodel the, the, the ladies' bathroom. So uh, 
that will be a day of celebration. We'll come and uh, we'll, make, we'll, we'll, we'll give our offerings, maybe give our pledges, and we'll celebrate uh, our church and God's goodness and his faithfulness, and we'll, we'll try our best to raise those funds uh, for that. So those are the things um, that are going on over the next several weeks. Let's stand together as we worship this morning. <clears throat> we come into his presence. We come to worship him. He is the almighty God. Amen. We give him honor and praise this morning. Let's sing from the bottom of our hearts this day. I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I want to do. I give you praise, for you are my righteousness. And I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I want to sing it again. And I
come into his presence. We know that he is with us and helping us, undergirding us, giving us strength in life's circumstances, all the things that we face as individuals. And I'm glad that when I come into corporate worship, that I come knowing that he's here. Let's acknowledge that this morning. He is here. Hallelujah. Emmanuel, God is with us. Lord, we thank you that you just didn't leave us alone, that you cared about your creation, and you came, Lord, and you dwelt among us. And we thank you, Father, that you set an example again for us uh, so that we know how to live our lives in a fallen and sinful world. And we thank you, dear Lord, today for that. But, Lord, you did more than that. You died for us. You cared enough for your creation that you provided a plan, a way back. You did that through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, he was faithful even unto death. And we thank you, Lord, this morning that you cared for us and went to Calvary and suffered and died for us. But it didn't end there. We're grateful, Lord, that you're not like the other so-called gods that, are, that, that we can go and point to that are still in a grave, but you up from the grave you arose, triumphant over sin, triumphant over the grave, triumphant over death. And Lord, you're with us today, and you descended, and you're sitting at the right hand of the Father, and you're interceding for us, knowing what we're going through, knowing what we're experiencing, knowing, dear Lord, our failures and faults, knowing, dear Lord, all the things that we are experiencing today, because you care for us and you love us, and you've been there you know exactly what we're facing so lord we give you the honor we give you the praise we're here to worship you we're here to glorify your name have your way today in all that we do and say you know those that are not feeling well that can't be with us in the service this morning pray you'll reach down to where they're at and touch them in a very special way today those that are watching uh this morning online i pray oh god that you'll encourage him i think of don and doris Pray, Lord, that you'll continue to give them encouragement and strength in a very special way. Lord, there's others that, that, that are watching this morning. We pray you'll be with them. Bless their Lord in all that we do and all that we say that will honor you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen.
just as big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. Don't ever give up, just pray. Just pray, God still answers prayer, in his time he'll work a miracle, he will never fail, Satan has lost the battle, when to the Lord you humbly bow.
Praise the Lord. We've been 21 days of prayer and fasting. I pray and hope that it's not just an exercise in futility. Pray that it hasn't been just something we've done to bring discipline to our life, and that's okay. But it's that, that we have heard from God, and he has answered prayer, or he's telling us that he's going to answer prayer, so don't give up. God is on the throne. He knows our needs. We have burdens. We, we share. We have family members who want to see, find Sometimes it looks like it, it's impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. Keep praying for those needs. Keep calling on the Lord. He hears it. He knows. Uh, how many times have we in our lives seen miracles that God has done and, and we easily forget? You know, I talk, I'm not a journal guy, uh, but I need to be because um, my memory's uh, fading quickly. I wish it was slowly, but it's fading quickly as I get older. Love, you know, why didn't I write down those things? But often when I go through the trials of life, I'm reminded of what God did in the past in my life and the great miracles that he, that he has accomplished and uh, things that he's done. And he has done so many in Tammy and our, in our family's life. And uh, I just give him the praise this morning. So I'm just encouraging you. Keep on praying. Of, of course, prayer and fasting doesn't end uh, today. Uh, this evening, and we call them, that's it, you know, Whew, praise God. Um, it can begin, it can, should continue on. I encourage you to find a day where you, you set aside every week, um, and even more, but at least one day where you're, where you're fasting and you're praying, and you're calling on the name of the Lord in prayer for your family, for your, your circumstance, for your church, uh, for your fellow church members, and uh, God hears. We're going to close this morning after Brother Craven speaks to us. We'll be closing later on with a, um, with a family, church family uh, prayer, and we'll be coming to the front. And, and, and I just want you to um, uh, begin to think right now uh, what God has done for you, what he's doing, and again, bring those here this morning, and let's just have a good season of prayer in a, in a few moments of uh, what God's doing. Maybe God's just answered prayer in your life. We have time this morning. We're, we're early. Anybody want to testify? I, I, and you turn it over to the conference president. He can take an hour easily. It's not going to be a problem him finding something to say. And uh, so uh, we want to we limit that. No, I'm kidding. It's, he's got a, a sense of humor, so I have to give it back. Uh, anyone want to testify? Amen. This, this, uh, what God's done, what these 21 days of prayer and fasting have meant to you. over the last couple of weeks there have been several situations that were very small no one else probably would have cared about them but God answered prayer one of them I lost my keys and I was searching and I was frantic and I just stopped and said Lord please help me to think straight and figure out where my keys are and then within a few minutes I found them just a couple of other times like that where I was like he is right here with me and he knows and he sees and he cares about all of these small things that no one else would care about and I'm just so thankful to have Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, Katie. 21 days of prayer and fasting looked a little different for me. I can't fast food, so I went to social media. Good. So, um, but I had a lot more time on my hands and it brought me to a lot more concentrated reading in scripture and I struggled with anxiety and, um, one of my devotions that brought me to Romans 8, 31 through 39. You can never outrun the love of God. Amen. And that just spoke to me in my anxiety. And it was just one day I was really struggling, and he brought that verse to me. And it was just like this piece. So when I 
praise God for the peace that he gives us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Someone else. So much to praise the Lord for. Amen. Amen. During the 25th of Praise the Lord. Well, thank God. Every time my girls gave birth, I was in prayer the whole time. Every, I just couldn't deal with it. I just, grandpa's is different. You know, as a, as a young father, I was right in there and, you know, all part of the whole thing and no, no nerves or anything. It seemed like, uh, man, when I had my daughters went into labor, it was like, oh, I'm just going to pray the whole time. I, that's what I did. But I think the daughters are, are finished. The daughter-in-law isn't. <laughs> That's the next one here in a few weeks, and we're looking forward to our ninth, and uh, pray that that'll go all well, and, and she'll have a uh, successful delivery. Anyone else? Amen. Well, it's good to have our conference president with us. Scheduled visit for us as, as, uh, from the conference. He's going to update us on what's going on with that, um, and, um, and then he will be concluding, challenging us as we continue, as we culminate this weekend of, of prayer revival. You weren't here to be a part of that. You missed a time where we came together and talked about the Lord's Prayer and, and how God has taught us to pray. The idea that God's house is, a, is to be a house of prayer. And uh, this is what God wants from us. P praying people. People that are crying out to Him and relying on Him. And so I'm so thankful for this opportunity this weekend, but also for these, uh, this emphasis of prayer that we put in the first uh, part of the year. And uh, let's continue on. Amen? Brother Craven, let's turn it over to you. Well, good morning. Good morning. You're a, you're a somber group this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord for his faithfulness. And it's wonderful uh, to be here. And uh, thank you for uh, the invitation and uh, allowing us to come. And uh, we had scheduled earlier in the year to be here. And uh, that, I don't even remember all the reasons, but that, I think it was actually his fault. And uh, we'll blame it on him anyhow. Um, and uh, then... Uh, I don't know. It's probably mine because my year has been really weird. Uh, first uh, several months of the conference year, and uh, but uh, we rescheduled it for today. And then, lo and behold, it dawned on us that this was part of our uh, prayer, the prayer vigil across the connection, and the 21 days of prayer. And uh, then um, that uh, he also, the pastor, talked about that this was also a time when. You'd be focusing on prayer this weekend. So I am going to share with you out of a familiar passage uh, here, Acts chapter 4, in your Bibles uh, here this morning. And um, I don't know how much I'm actually going to just 
preach uh, to you about, but uh, or how much time I'm going to invest. I don't. I just some thoughts in my heart and mind out of the passage of Scripture uh, this morning that uh, I want to share. Let me just give a couple personal remarks and a greetings, of course, on behalf of the Heartland Regional Conference of the Bible Methodist Connection of Churches. And uh, just greetings to uh, the Calvary Church here in Greenfield. Uh, you are an incredible blessing to the conference. Thank you for your support, your faithfulness, uh, the conference, the way you invest in the conference, the way you invest in camp meeting, the way you support missions, uh, the way you take care of your pastors. Uh, all of those things matter so much, and they do not go unnoticed. And uh, I just thank you so much for all of that, and I know God richly blesses you for it. And a uh, uh, beautiful facility, and uh, just so many uh, upgrades and uh, all around the property, and uh, just your investment, and uh, you're taking care of the house of God and the real estate of God, amen? And because uh, what you do uh, with the property makes a statement to the community, right? And um, it's very important, just the same way that you and I present ourselves. Uh, to the world. It makes a statement all by itself as to whether we're up to what we're pursuing, whether we're pursuing Christ and his holiness or whether we're pursuing the world. Uh, it makes a distinct statement. And uh, we want to be clearly defined as Christ followers. Amen? Amen. And uh, we want this property to be a testimony to those that drive by that something important is happening here. And uh, and, of course, it is. The gospel is being preached in the body of Christ, being edified. Uh, Pastor Potter is just doing a wonderful job. He and his family love them dearly. And congratulations uh, to the new arrival, uh, little baby Tobias. And uh, I'll need to get a picture with him today so I can send to the vice president of the conference, who's in Port Clinton, chafing, uh, chafing through every moment. And uh, I think Kim's out here somewhere. And hey, uh, hey, Grandma. And uh, I did call Darren the other day, just this week, and I, we were talking about swapping some things, some information, and and I was driving. But we both were driving down the road, and uh, I said, "So, Grandpa, how mu how much money did you spend last weekend?" <laughs> well, he's a foreman, so he knows. <laughs> But he's a grandpa. He doesn't care. <laughs> and uh, it's just, you, I say, you just lose your mind and you don't care. Is it? That's right, man. You know, he said, I'm just cash apping everybody and there's money. You know, he's, I just, uh, uh, that old foreman blood is a flowing. And uh, <laughs> I know, man, I, I just know all about it. And uh, it's just crazy. I bought donuts and pizzas for everybody and all the nurses and whatever. We just, uh, we just have, and we've got our, uh, today, Julie and I uh, have our youngest, which is Luke. Luke is such a blessing to us, and uh, he often stays home because he's involved in a bus ministry and all there at Finley, but we brought him along today. We love it when he travels with us, and uh, so he can also help assist us because you're the first conference church to have uh, us visit with our grandson. And so right over here is uh, Justin, Justin, Reese, Megan, and JV's. Hi, Justin. 
uh, down, down there. There he is. He's two years old. He can run the world. 2024, right in, Justin Reese. Valentine, he'll get us all straightened out. He'll put China on the run. He'll, he'll stop. The, he'll scare every terrorist. There is. <laughs> so it's just great. You talk about Matt Friedman. That's going to be awesome, by the way. And uh, had class with Matt, uh, Dr. Friedman, and I've heard him speak several times. And let me tell you, uh, he's got a word from God, and uh, you'll you'll want to be a part of that. And uh, but talk about discipling uh, children and and all. It's a beautiful thing to watch, especially as as grandparents, you, you watch your children give birth and bring other children into the world, and that's just, um, it is different. It's, 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 uh, it's just that you can't describe it. Many of you have been there. You have nine? We'll have nine here. I forget how old you are. Yeah. I'm glad you do keep Dude, that, wow. I keep seeing him with Tammy, and I don't think he's that old, but when I see him by himself, I'm thinking, whoa, uh, he is getting old. We only have two. You're going to catch Edwin Toms. You keep it up. And uh, you got, he's got great grandkids. Well, um, so, so this, this discipleship was going on. So yesterday, uh, we were going to have prayer last. <laughs> I, I could just tell stories all day. But this, we, we, so we, we got Justin Friday. I had to be at God's Bible School, meet with the ministerial students and stuff. And so it worked out that uh, we could bring Justin back home with us, and so, and then mom's going to come and get him tomorrow, so we're, pray for us, we're, we're surviving so far, and uh, <clears throat> I think, I think we've had, you know, uh, at, le- at least one donut per day, and um, uh, we, we're having a great time, well, last night, we, uh, supper time was going to be warmed up pizza, some warmed up pizza, just a quick Saturday night supper, and so we get around the table, and uh, we're going to say our prayers, and uh, he says, Apple, I want to pray. Well, he doesn't volunteer very often, so it's like, okay, pray for the food. Okay, so we all bow our heads, and he, and he begins, and he says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. <laughs> <laughs> He's praying the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> and then he gets, and I tell you, shocked is all so bad. <laughs> what in the world? He's going to be a good Catholic, bless his heart. So we did the Lord's Prayer over warmed-up pizza. Uh, child shall lead them. Uh, anyhow, I, Mom and Dad must be doing something right, I guess. Uh, we wouldn't want to give it too many kudos to that new life church over there, but we would. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyhow, it's just a delight to be here, be with you, and um, thank you so much for your invitation. It's great to be with uh, some great, great people. And the Lord, I look over here to see Brother Cohen's over here. What a, always a delight to be uh, around people of that stature and others across the Toms who've served the conference across the years. And so many of you faithful to camp meeting. Uh, some of you guys have been there. And what a wonderful uh, instrument you have here. You really are blessed. They're, they're, they, they play pretty soft, but they're good. You need to move up so you can hear them. They really are good, and uh, I just, it's, a, it's lovely music. Thank you uh, for those of you that invest in that and do that seriously, and you got a good bass guitarist, too. He's not afraid to hit that low octave with that bass. Drives me crazy. Walden, good job. Drives me crazy bass players that don't know that that neck of that thing's about a foot longer and uh, won't hit those low, low octaves, but, uh, well, he was hitting them this morning, and that's so nice, and all the rest. Thank you so much for uh, 
for what you do, the contribution that you make. God is helping us. Uh, we have uh, just brought in two new churches into the conference, uh, one of those churches in Muncie, Indiana, and uh, a, a, a church that there's, there's a church and a parsonage, and uh, there's probably only about 15, maybe, maybe 18 people attending that church, but uh, they're lost, and uh, they just they need help. And uh, so they've reached out to us and after much conversation, and uh, we have brought them under our wing to see if we can help them. And so we're excited about that, the future there. We also brought in a new church in Logan, Ohio, in the town of Logan, Ohio. It has been an independent uh, holiness church for many years. But again, over the years, as often many independent churches do, uh, they just just begin to dwindle and die, and without any resources, uh, it's very important to be connected to something bigger than just yourself. Um, when when life is all rosy and wonderful, that's good, that's okay. But when we all know that turbulent times come, and it's good to be a part of something with resources beyond just yourself, uh, and uh, boy, if not, you can be in trouble. And um, so we began a, a relationship with this church and uh, have brought this church. They're on two acres there in Logan, right in town, two acres of property, have a church, have a parsonage as well, and about, oh, about 10 or 12 people. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid of those kind of works. I'm really not. I'm not afraid of small churches at all. I believe uh, they're pulpits, they're places that can be lights, that can shine. And uh, so help us pray about that, those exciting things. We're praying about the revitalization of some of our smaller churches. And God is working in some of them in, a, in an amazing way. You have your story to tell. Uh, we could take you around to different places. Not far from here, Gas City is doing ministry out into their community, a church that uh, was going to close. When I came into the conference, they were going to close. And yet here they are. Uh, they'll run about 30 people now, and they're ministering to their community with a diaper pantry ministry to, uh, to moms and to families that are needy. And uh, I just praise God for, uh, for that ministry. Uh, God is working in so many places, uh, in so many churches. We're beginning, uh, 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 Hispanic ministries are, are beginning in some of our churches. Also, uh, uh, Celebrate Recovery Ministry, New Life, is uh, starting that down in Cincinnati. And that's good. God is just blessing John DeBolt and those that are leading that ministry. And just across the board, and take you to West Mecca, where Patrick Dewhurst is pastoring, our church in West Mecca. That, again, a church that was uh, under a lot of duress. That's where Pastor Shirey had passed away and left just a grieving uh, group of people, a small church, basically financially, uh, financially broke, just, just barely paying the bills. And yet uh, the miracles that are happening at that church right now is just uh, incredible. They're about to... Uh, build a 300 and around a $350,000 parsonage uh, for about a, a, a about $155,000, and uh, and it's just unbelievable the context, the miracles that God is doing for that church. And so, just praise God, people coming to Christ and, uh, and pastors that are preaching the word, and we're just thankful and grateful. And thank you for being a part of that, and. Uh, Camp meeting is great. The J.D. Young uh, project is is probably about 98% completed for uh, in preparation for camp meeting. We've got just a little bit of plumbing we've got to finish. We're waiting on an inspection. All the electrical is now done. 
And uh, one of the things you can help me pray about is uh, I had a contractor come to me, some of my uh, friends from Finley said, hey, we got some downtime. Uh, we'll do, we will, that project, that you, you mentioned needing a platform in the J.D. Young project in the building. Uh, if you get the materials, uh, we'll come in and we'll build that whole stage for you. Uh, well, that wasn't in the original budget. We figured we'd go into this year without a platform or a stage for the kids, you know, for the children's chapel. Well, you can't, in opportunities like this, you've got you to gotta, you gotta strike when the iron's hot, you know. And uh, <clears throat> when there's opportunity and there's people that can do that. And so that has just, as of last uh, uh, Friday, yesterday, uh, Friday, that project was completed as far as built. And uh, it looks amazing, except it's just wood. Uh, we really need to carpet it, and um, so I'm needing I'm needing a carpet installer. I need carpet uh, uh, put on that thing, and um, so that it's ready to go. We're not carpeting all of the chapel, but just the platform, as you can imagine, helps with the noise and things on that on that on that platform. And so I need a carpet installer, and we with the materials and the carpet, I need about 30 people who will say, Hey, I can help that project. With a, with a $100 gift. And last Sunday, uh, an elderly lady came up. We were in Connorsville, Indiana, at the little storefront church in Connorsville. And the first time we mentioned this, and after the service, she came up, one of the elderly ladies, gave me a $100 bill, and she said, I'll be the first to give toward the 30 people that you need. So I just need 29. It's all. And uh, we'll have, we will have paid for all that project uh, for, uh, for the platform and the, and the carpeting and all that. Uh, and uh, as well as a podium uh, for that uh, for that for that project. So if God moves on your heart and uh, you've you've paid your tithe and everything's good here at the local church and you got a little extra, you want to be a blessing. Uh, you just uh, talk to me afterwards, and I'll be happy to to let you know how you can be a blessing uh, to help us uh, with that project. But we're excited about that. We'll be dedicating it on a Saturday of camp meeting this coming. Uh, this coming June, and so I just want to make sure you're uh, all invited. So many of you do come, camp meeting, always the week after Father's Day. Youth camp, the third Monday of every July, and uh, Minimum Integrity in September, and of course our ministerial every November. And uh, so God is, God is at work, and we just, I just rejoice. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. I'll be around all, we're going to be here all day. We want to, we'll sit with you tonight and enjoy the so, uh, the service tonight, and uh, we're looking forward to being with you and just being a part of the prayer around the world uh, service. And so we'll be we'll be with you. And uh, so you want to talk about anything, chat about the conference, uh, any of those kind of things. I just I just love to be able to talk with you, and um, and share with you what's happening. In the conference. I want us to uh, just uh, turn for a few moments, uh, Pastor. What time do you normally let them out? Okay. He doesn't know. I should have asked Tammy. Okay, okay. Let me just take a few moments here. In Acts chapter 4, this is a passage that I, I preached for this passage several years ago, and uh, then and just in recent, uh, recent weeks, uh, God has brought me back to this passage, and I've been sharing it with some of our conference churches. I do want to say this, because uh, I'm not sure where I have said this to, but as you all know, last summer, uh, my, I, I had a bad health crisis.
price is, and uh, just uh, was a, wasn't sure there for a few days what the outcome may be. And so many of you prayed for for me and for us. And uh, I just I just have to say a personal thank you for all of those prayers. And um, God was gracious to us. And uh, obviously, uh, we're here today and doing well. Just spent a, a, a day at OSU last Wednesday at Ohio State. Uh, just was to follow up and all continues to, to, do, to just be very good and making progress and everything's returning to normal. And so uh, thank you for your prayers uh, and uh, for your care and your concern for us. <clears throat> Acts chapter 4. And beginning with verse 23, I want, I want to talk to you just a moment about the key to living triumphant in a troubled world. Living triumphant in a troubled world. Uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse 23, this is about Peter and John, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all the things, all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they heard that, this is the congregation, the, the church, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the heathen rage, and the people plot vain things? And the kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. No, no, nothing new under the sun, is there? Right? For truly against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. And now the Lord looked on their threats. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that they with all boldness may speak your word and by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, and one soul, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Heavenly Father, speak to us from your word in these few moments, I pray in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. We could take, we could back up to Acts chapter 1 and 
go through those first three and a half chapters of Acts leading us up to where this is happening, where Peter and John had stopped by the gate beautiful and had healed the man that was lame. The incredible impact of that healing shook the place. In fact, before it was all said and done, uh, there were some 5,000 converts, people impacted by what happened at that gate beautiful. Great things are happening. The New Testament church is being born. You know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit had taken place on the day of Pentecost. There was uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Those 120 come out of the upper room and they're preaching the gospel their witnesses, the Holy Spirit is upon them. They have incredible power, and they're making an impact. And God is adding to the church, the Scripture says, daily those to be saved. And the New Testament church is born. So many things that had been anticipated and hoped for, the centuries had unfolded, the generations had come and gone of those anticipating living in Advent, looking forward to the promised deliverer, the promised emancipator, that promise that was given to Adam and Eve and to the devil himself in Genesis chapter 3, right after the fall in the garden, when God made a promise that he would send a redeemer, a savior. There would be a king that would come. There would be a kingdom that would be established. And these uh, followers, no doubt many of them, looking for some kind of earthly kingdom. In fact, you can find this even throughout Acts where they're inquiring and asking, is this the time when you'll set up your earthly kingdom? But this, this kingdom that is to be established was not one to be made with hands. It was not to be an earthly kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom made, up, made within the hearts of every believer, within our hearts this morning is this kingdom. If you're born again, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a part of the great kingdom of Christ. But yet that doesn't mean there isn't trouble. The disciples are doing their thing, filled with the Spirit. They're preaching, they're teaching, they're out in the streets, and there's impact and there's great effect. But yet, it doesn't make everybody happy. There were those within the ecclesiastical world. There was the Sanhedrin. There was the, the Sadducees and other religious leaders that became, were upset and by all of this. The preaching of Jesus. They had just put Jesus to death. And yet, there were these claims and these, these evidences that he had risen from the dead. The grave was empty. There were all of the eyewitnesses that were giving account. And there were these, uh, these followers with this fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit upon them, out preaching and teaching, and converts were flooding in, and all this momentum, and God was doing amazing things beyond the control of the ecclesiastical grip of the day. And it didn't make the leaders happy. They see, saw what happened at the gate beautiful, the stir that it caused. In fact, you can read it 
in the scripture. It turned the world upside down. They were accused of turning their world upside down. It was causing such a stir that it made the leaders of the day upset and angry. And so they arrest Peter and John. They arrest them later in the day. I don't know if this is on purpose or not. Likely it was. They arrested them later in the day so that they would have to spend the night in jail. And then their case would be heard the following day. And so Peter and John are arrested. They're kept overnight in jail. And the next day, they're questioned. They're questioned harshly. They're bullied. They're threatened. All these things are happening. And yet at the end of it all, Peter and John are committed to following Christ. They're, their testimony is, listen, we, between God and man, we're going to obey God and follow God rather than man. We can't do anything else but preach Jesus. Jesus resurrected and ascended. We have to preach the resurrected Lord. The one that you put to death truly is Lord. And they're preaching that message. Well, they can't uh, accuse them any farther than that. They can't get anything to really stick, so they have to let Peter and John go, but not without threatening them and bullying them. But they leave, and they go back to their group, their companions, that local church that uh, was praying for them. So those were troublesome times, the, the political context, the ecclesiastical context, all the problems around this church. While the good things are happening, there's, the adversary is, is coming from all sides. These were not easy days. There would be persecution after persecution. In fact, many of the disciples would end up dying a martyr's death. John alone left eventually living, but only after he had been boiled in oil and exiled on the Isle of Patmos. I mean, this was not a real comfortable time to be a Christ follower. Difficulties, pressure, problems, struggles, all from without. One of the reasons this is on my heart this morning is because, and has been in recent weeks, is because of the year, this year of election, this year in which, as Americans in our country, we, we don't know what the political agenda, what the political horizon looks like. There's a lot of uncertainty. We look around us and we, at times I shake my head and I say, where, where is there any sense? Is there any sense anywhere? There's no place to really sometimes really latch on to and say, well, now that represents my values completely and who we are as the church. We, can, we lean one way a little bit and we lean, but yet there's still, there's so much trouble out there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Confusion and trouble and duplicity and hypocrisy. and There's, a, there's just, where is the purity? Where is the innocence? Where is all of that? It seems to have eluded us somehow, almost from the face of the earth, except the church. But you read on a little further in Acts, and you'll find out that trouble even came within the church. You read a little further, and you'll, you'll read about people like Ananias and Sapphira. You'll read where even within the church, there were moments when there were troublesome times. How can we survive? How can we truly be triumphant in a time when the culture is just 
stagnant with, with pressure and persecution and difficulty and trouble. Listen, it's nothing new, nothing new under the sun. We go all the way back to Acts, and here it is, right in the midst of all this turbulence, persecution, impending uh, the brutality that's coming. I mean, the Christians are going to be persecuted. It's going to be unfathomable what is going to happen. Yet in the midst of it all, there's a people that's living out victorious, a victorious life in pursuit of Christ and following Christ. What were some of the keys? There's, there's basically three keys here that I think are takeaways. First of all, and it's almost a cliche, but it can't be. We can't let it be a cliche. They turned to the power of prayer. The 21 days of prayer and fasting I remember doing this in the church where I pastored long before it became some kind of a universal thing, and I'm so glad that it has, but why are we, are we just doing it because we don't have anything else to do in January? I certainly hope not. I mean, Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. Your pastor has talked about it earlier in the service. The key, the importance of prayer, prayer has to be more than just something we talk about. It has to be more than just something we recommend. Prayer has to be an intricate part of our DNA, of who we are and of what we're found doing. They turn to the power of prayer. This is what they're doing. They're praying Verses 24 through 30, we see that. What does this look like? Well, first of all, their praying was united. So they came together. Prayer unites us. Prayer unites us. I have many times, I remember my first pastor going down to the city hall in Traverse City, Michigan, standing out on the steps with ministers and pastors of all churches and different variations of the faith. Here we are, we're all together. No, we can't debate theology and get along. No, our worship styles are vastly different. There's so many differences, so many things that are, are, are of, of our importance to us that may not be important to them and all those kind of things. But one thing that does unite us, the seeking after God, that unites us. Wherever there are altars and hungry hearts with people seeking after God, let me also be found. Amen? We join in. Their praying was united. This keeps the church together. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord, the Scripture says. Their praying was united. Their praying was corporate. Very important. They're praying together. They're lifting up their voices together. Listen, corporate prayer is important. Thank God we can pray privately. Thank God for our private prayers. I pray all the time myself, to, uh, you know, alone, in the quietness of, of my travels or in the night or whatever, seeking God, calling out to God. Yes, wonderful, but there's something powerful when two or more are gathered in his name. Corporate prayer is not just something we watch, but it's what we engage in. They come together in unity, and they're praying in, uh, corporately. Their praying was directed. They lifted up their voice to God. How do we pray? We, we're talking to God. We're lifting our voice to the Lord. This is so critical, and this has rung my bell recently as I've looked this passage over. Their praying is directed to God. It said they lifted up their voices to God. 
I can't promise you this morning answers to your prayers. I can't promise us that everything we ask we'll get. I can't promise all of that, but I can promise the audience that we will have. I can promise you that if we cry out to the Lord, the Lord hears our petition. Listen, that's a beautiful reality this morning to know that God is listening. The audience isn't someone else. We're not the audience of his manifestation. He is the audience of our petitions. We come to him. We worship him. This is beautiful what happens here. So they're praying to the Lord. It's directed unto the Lord. They're praying, recognizing him as Lord. They said, thou art Lord. Or Lord, thou art God. This is what they're saying. What are they saying? They're declaring his deity. They're declaring he is divine. We come to him admitting who he is, confessing who he is, understanding at least in part who he is. He is the almighty. He's the divine one. He is Lord. He is God. There is no other. There is no equal. There is no competition. He is the eternal incumbent. Amen? Lord, thou art God. So they're recognizing his deity. They prayed recognizing him not only as Lord and his deity, but as creator. For they said, thou art God who has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is therein. Why is that important? Well, God, Lord, you are God and you are creator. You are divine, you are creator. And what's that mean? Is that mean it means that he has all authority. Lord, you are God. You are the divine one. You are the holy one. We sang about that this this morning. There is none other but him. You are, you are divine. You are our creator. You own it all. If you're the creator, you own it all. You have the patent on it all. You are the authority of it all. We come to God. He's divine and he has all authority. Does that sound familiar? In the giving of the great commission, he says, all authority is given unto me. In heaven and in earth, he is the divine one. He has all authority. Is it any wonder why we want to destroy the biblical, our biblical understanding of creation? Is it any wonder we, we've got to take the creator out of the equation? We're just a mess that somehow evolved without divine order or purpose. Why? Because that removes the authority then you and I can be our own authority, you see. But that's not the biblical understanding of creation. It's important. They knew it was important that we remember he is creator. When we come to him, Lord, thou art God, and thou art the God that's made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. You're the creator. You own it all. The ownership of God on all of it. So you are creator, you are Lord, you are creator, and you are powerful. 
powerful. It speaks of his activity and his capacity. Just by stretching forth thine hand, they pray. They continue to pray. That by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child, Jesus, they're declaring his power. When we come to pray, when we pray corporately, when we pray individually, we do, we must confess that he is Lord. He is Lord and he is God. We confess that he is the creator. He has authority of it all. And then we confess, hallelujah, that he's all powerful. Nothing is impossible with him. He can do everything he wants to do. Hallelujah. That's who he is. That's who God is. That's the one that we petition. That's who we come to. There's no problem so difficult. There's no trouble so great. There's no crisis so contorted. There's nothing that's beyond his ability to redeem. He's the one that can turn ashes into beauty. He's the one that can redeem. Even though we are dead in our trespasses and sin, we may live. He's the life giver, you see. This is who we come to. Hallelujah. We don't just come to a church and its ecclesiastical structure to somehow hope to redeem us. Hopefully you've dropped enough coins in the plate. Hopefully your good works are outweighing your bad works. Or somehow, No, we come to him by grace through faith alone, trusting in his, the merits of his grace alone, knowing that he is sufficient for every need, every trouble, every prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. So we come to him. They turned to the power of prayer. Their praying was united. Their praying was directed. Their praying was scriptural. Who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, and they prayed Psalm 2. We've had a resurgence lately in praying biblical prayers. There's been a resurgence of that among us. There's been the rising, the importance, the value of praying, literally praying the scriptures. I think it's a good thing. I think there's more, I have more to say to God than just quote scripture. I admit that. I've got my personal intimate things I need to say to him. And I certainly am free to say those things. But listen, it isn't, prayer isn't about me somehow convincing God of what I want and what I need. But prayer is about me getting in proximity to God so that I learn what he wants, what he needs, you see. And that's what the scripture does. When we pray the scripture, now we're praying the very mind of God. Prayer isn't about me just getting what I want. Prayer is about me getting in the proximity of God and learning what he wants, you see. What do you want, Lord? What do you see in me, Lord? What do you want in our church, Lord? What needs to happen with this, Lord? What about my neighbor, Lord? What about my child, Lord? You have said that you are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What about that, Lord? Lord, you said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and you would give us rest, Lord. Lord, you see, and suddenly faith begins to rise, and the, and the, and the arms of my soul begin to embrace the eternal truths. God and who he is and what he can do it leads us to deeper levels and to 
farther, to greater reaches in our prayer. Oh, hallelujah. And suddenly we can pray with that confidence within us. Their praying was scriptural. They prayed the word of God. You've got to know the word of God. You've got to know the word of God. Music is good. Music is a vehicle. I'm musical. I love music. But it cannot replace the word. It cannot replace the word of God. They live triumphant and troublesome times because they turn to the power of prayer. There's a result of their praying, and there should be the same result of us. It isn't so much the answers that's the result of prayer, but it's the transformation that's the result in prayer. Job understood that. He prayed with lots of, lots of requests. But Job discovered that it wasn't the answers that he needed, but it was the presence that he needed most. Thank God for the answers. Somebody testified that God helped them find their keys. Boy, I tell you what, when I get to heaven, one of these days I'm going to ask the Lord, how many keys did you find over the period of the human race? <laughs> In the Old Testament, it must have been lost donkeys. He was even able to do that, you know. He rode one into town one day, and yeah, I mean, God found lost things. Read Luke chapter 15. He's a finder of lost things. Lost people, lost sheep, lost keys. That's not in the Bible, but we know it happens. But that's not really the goal of it all. The real goal of it all is that we might discover him. He's the ultimate answer. And they turn to the power of prayer secondly they lived triumphant in troublesome times because they were filled with the spirit the fullness of god within us that which comes to not only empower us but also to cleanse us cleanse us of our selfishness our self-centeredness our self-orientation to, to do that great work within us so that we might live lives of full and complete surrender and consecration to the will of God, to love as he would have us to love, to do as he would have us to do, to be all he would have us to be. Amen? Amen. Such freedom, such freedom to live a life of, of a holy calling. You see. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They, they have the fullness. The place is shaken. Again, there's this evidence of God among them. There's this physical, visible manifestation of God's presence among them, revealing His nature, proclaiming His name. Listen, church, that's the glory of God. That's life in the Spirit. That's what it means to have God on the scene in us, in you and me. There ought to be something tangible Not all about, it's not all about what we see, but it ought to be evident. When the Spirit of God is among us and within us, and we're praying as we ought, the destination, it should lead us to the destination of being Spirit-filled people. They're a praying people. How do you know that? They're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's incredible reality. What's that result in? Well, they spoke the word of God. 
They were filled with the Spirit, so they spoke the Word of God, it tells us in, in verse 34. And they, and they spoke the Word of God. They had spiritual boldness. They spoke the Word of God with boldness. So their focus was on the Word of God, the things of God. That, that's what their concern was. That seemed to be the tenor of their conversation. That seemed to be the theme of their life was about the Word of God. And they spoke it out with boldness. I remember reaching out to a young lady. She was a professor at the University of Finley. She had come to Christ uh, many years ago before she ever came to our church. She moved into the area. And I remember her saying to me one Sunday, she was talking about a bunch of the, of the parties that she was attending at the university as a, as, a, as a teacher. She was going to a lot of the parties, and I was a law enforcement uh, chaplain, so I, I traveled with law enforcement and often was at the university. I knew what kind of parties she was talking about. They weren't real. They weren't. They weren't the parties that your youth group would have next door. Trust me, uh, they were other kind of parties. And um, she's talking about going to those parties. And she said, "You know what? Uh, God has helped me so much that I can just fit in to those crowds wherever I'm at, and they don't even know uh, that, that 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 I'm there or that there's." And she's she's kind of. She thinks she's testifying to something good. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She said, what? I said, I'm sorry. You know, there's certain places I can't help. If I'm a Christ follower, that's going to be evident. And I'm not going to try to hide it. Now, I'm not talking about being rude and obnoxious, and I'm not talking about that. But I want to tell you something. I don't believe either that spirit-filled people live in invisible that somehow we live invisible but they had boldness you may be soft-spoken but you can still speak softly with conviction about the God you serve you can gently say to the lady or to the gentleman when you're nudged or when you're asked why it is that you have the hope in you and the smile on your face why it is that you have all of that you can give them the answer. Christ in you. They had spiritual boldness and they were united for the mission. All that believed were of one heart, one soul. They shared all that they had. Oh, let me finish. Oh, I've got to quit. They turned to the power of prayer. As a result, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the testimony was, great grace then was upon them all. A church that's praying together, praying the scriptures, praying with all of their hearts intentionally, praying so that they are then filled with the Holy Spirit and God can come and accomplish his will freely among them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the, the testimony, the epitaph upon their existence is this. And great grace was upon them all. We're all going to come and go. And if Jesus tarries the return, we will all die. And we will pass off the scene. Just this morning, another dear friend of mine has passed away. And yet here we are just going on. I told Julie there'll come a day when I'll, I'm gonna, I'll die. And in 24 hours, it will not have even mattered. 
life will just go on. It'll just go on. But the epitaph of our lives, for anyone who wants to look back, oh, may it be said of us, great grace. Great grace. Not only for me personally has there been that divine favor and divine enabling. Grace is twofold here. It's not just unmerited favor. It's also, it's also divine enabling. Great grace is upon them all, not only in my own personal story in life, but in the community of faith in which I was a part of. I could, was a contributor to that grace and of that grace. Our children and our grandchildren, our neighbors, our friends around us, great grace. I don't know about that church. I don't know, but I know this. There's God, God's there. Those people are loving. They're filled with the Spirit, man. I'm telling you. When they pray, something happens. Let it be said of us. Great grace. Great grace. Upon them all. Father, thank you for your truth. May we be seekers after you. May ultimately our prayer not just be that which we consume on our own needs, but may our prayers be that vehicle by which we are ushered into your holy presence. And the greatest response and answer is you. Transforming us, filling us, sanctifying us, nurturing us, all that you do. Thank you for that work that not only has happened, but will continue to happen. Thank you, O oh God, for the relationship with you, for the hope that we have, the hope that we have, because you're a God of whom nothing is impossible. And for that, we give thanks. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. God's people said, Amen.